dear motherfucking diary (laughs) we are on season one episode three a bitch is hanging in there for dear motherfucking life bitch sorry i'm gonna stop cussing so much i want this to be for the kids too maybe i don't know we'll see hi everybody i hope y'all are staying safe i hope everyone is having a good day a good life a good week it's friday um what day is people getting paid i hope you got paid today if you didn't i hope some random money that you didn't know was coming hit your account i hope that that nigga text you back i hope that you lose two pounds if you want to or you gain two pounds if that's what you're trying to do. I hope your abs is poking when you woke up this morning. I hope your skin is clear. You ain't wake up with no pimples. I hope your bonnet stayed on the whole night. I hope your your loud ass neighbors wasn't fighting last night, so you got a good good night's rest. I hope that you put gas in your car last night so when you wake up to go to work this morning, you're not going to be running late because you set yourself up talking about I'm going to get gas in the morning, knowing damn well you wasn't going to do that. Um, And, you know, I hope everybody is happy and healthy. I'm speaking those affirmations upon you, and I hope that you speak them upon yourself. So, let's get into this third episode, y'all. Um, I know I said the next episode was going to be more lighthearted, but I lied because... Dear Diary, this is why I should have never got a fucking dog. And let me let me back up. I waited a long time to even get a dog because I know dogs are a lot of work. I know this. And I had a lot going on. I, you know, had just gotten out of the military, started a new job, working 12s. And I don't think I was in school yet, but I had a lot going on. So I waited and I waited and I waited. But my mom was really on me to get a dog. She was like, you know, I don't like you being alone. And, you know, living alone gets kind of boring. So I did end up getting a dog because I quit my job because of my anxiety. Working in a hospital during a pandemic when you have severe anxiety, um, it caused me to have a um, heart arrhythmia. I developed a stress arrhythmia. So I quit my job and I had time off. I was at home. I wasn't in school yet. Um, And I had many months before I would even start school. So I thought to myself, you know, this is the perfect time to get a dog. Um, So my history with dogs, I was afraid of dogs growing up. Um, I grew up with a cat, actually. Her name was Loco. It was my grandma's cat um, that she got because they lived in Harvey, Illinois. And they had a lot of... um, mice in the house so they bought a cat and so when they moved they took the cat so I grew up with Loco and hell I was afraid of her ass too I'm still afraid of cats cats is motherfucking crazy but anyway 
Um, I was afraid of dogs growing up. Um, so I think my mom took me and my brother to the shelter to get a cat. I don't remember what we was in the shelter for, but I had no intention on looking at dogs, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to look. They in cages. They can't. There's nothing they can do to me. Right. So we go and I see Sheba who then became my dog. But the reason why I got Sheba is because all them dogs, I don't know if you ever been to the shelter. I've only been twice, I think, and that was the first time. And them dogs being that whole barking, barking their little heads off. And Sheba was the only one laying there. She had these big old white eyes and blonde eyelashes. She was a yellow lab with blonde eyelashes. And I was like, Ma, I want that dog. We got to have her. We brought her in. I named her Sheba, Queen Sheba. Because I was like, she's a queen. She in here quiet and all these peasants is in here barking and shit. And she in here chilling, these damn peasants. Anyway, so I grew up with Sheba, and then from there, my stepdad got two more dogs. Well, he actually got, well, yeah, he got two more dogs. One of the dogs ended up passing away, so he got another dog. So I grew up with three dogs, and, you know, it wasn't bad. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, I could raise, you know, this one dog. But what I forgot is... I was not raising them three dogs by myself. I had my mama, I had my brother, and I had my stepdad. And, you know, I wasn't at home all day with these dogs. I was in school, I was in sports, so I didn't see these dogs for a lot of the time. And, you know, it's different when, you ha- when you're in a house with other people versus when you're in a house by yourself because when you're, when you're in a house with other people, not everything in the house is yours, so your stuff is in a smaller area, so it's so much easier to lock up and put away, hide, I guess, so the dogs don't tear it up. When you have a whole place, everything in that bitch is yours. Everything in this hole is mine. So there's no way for me to really, you know, hide this stuff from him. Um, you know, so I really, I, I really just misconstrued a lot of my past thinking about dog owning it was you know very much rose colored glasses it was giving very much not full context right okay so fast forward i get this adorable dog so let me tell y'all the story of how i got this dog and how i felt like it was a match made in heaven um i went to taco tarian if you're from the las vegas area you know about taco tarian it's a vegan 100 percent vegan taco place And I go all the time. They have this cute patio at the downtown location. And so I went. I was there with my friend. I love to go to the patio, get some margaritas because their margaritas are bomb. Margaritas and tacos, right? And there was this couple there with these two little puppies, but they had on vests. So I assumed they were service dogs in training, you know, thought nothing of it. So the couple, they get up and they walk past. I'm with my friend, Eric. And so they walk past us. (laughs) And, you know, we go, can I pet that dog? (laughs) Can I pet that dog? And they were like, yes. And so when they got closer, we saw that the best actually said, adopt me. And I was like, oh, my God. Ryder was the cutest freaking puppy. He had freckles on his face. He was so 
just tiny and chunky and cute. Um, he's still very cute. Um, but she was like, yeah, he's for adoption. No one wanted him. Apparently, everyone said he was ugly because of his spots. And I was like, no, I love him. I want him. Fast forward, I got him. Our chemistry, we had re- had really good chemistry, like, off the top. So I got him, brought him home. I wasn't working. I wasn't in school. So I was dedicating, you know, much of my life to him, all of my life. My life revolved around him. I'd wake up in the morning. We'd go outside. we you know, we do this, we do that. Um, we go to the park. I took him with me everywhere. And at this point, I got him certified as a emotional support animal. So I'm taking this motherfucker with me everywhere, okay? My dream. My dream was to have a dog I could tote around in my little bag. I'm taking him with me everywhere, right? <sighs> but then the things that people don't tell you about dog owning started happening. Like, he got sick. And, you know, trying different dog foods and different dog treats upset his stomach and then this. And then, you know, the vet scares you so much with Parvo, having to learn about Parvo, what Parvo was, things not to do. And you should, you don't have to, but you should get insurance for the dog. So I got insurance for Ryder because his vet scared me so much. Like, yeah, Parvo could be upward if he gets Parvo. The cost could be upwards of, like... I think I saw where people pay like between fifteen thousand and forty five not fifteen thousand fifteen between yeah maybe fifteen thousand I don't know it's a lot of damn money these people pay for these puppies with parvo bitch, and like I said, I wasn't working, I'm on a fixed income, I didn't have it, so i I got him insurance, you know it's just little things people don't tell you, like dogs get sick just like people. And I guess it goes with me, like, just not doing enough research and just basing my dog-owning, you know, knowledge on being in high school and having dogs in the house. Um, so it's it's just dog-owning is really hard, and I thought I could handle it. But, um, like I said, you know, your life revolves around this dog. So fast forward now, I'm working again, kind of. I'm in nursing school full-time. I'm booked and I'm busy. But Ryder still needs love and attention. So I have to make time to do my schoolwork, play with Ryder, go to work, you know, have a social life. And it's it's just a lot and it's very frustrating because I feel like I'm not getting to do the things I want. Like, whenever I go somewhere, I'm like, oh, God, sorry, can't stay long. Or even if I want to just, you know, go on a walk by myself, go to the mall, I can only be gone for so long because it's like, oh, got to rush home to get this dog. And it's like, I don't think I really thought that part through because I'm a very selfish person. This is why I don't want kids. And I've said, like, I don't think I'm going to have kids. I like to wake up in the morning and not have to worry about anyone but me. And when I wake up in the morning, there's already a person staring at me, waiting on me to do for them. And I feel like my life revolves around him. I wake up in the morning, I have to take him outside, feed him, make sure he goes pee, make sure he has toys. 
I get to doing stuff. My homework, he's staring at me because now he got to go outside again. He runs around while we outside. I got to pick up his poop. We come inside. Now he's thirsty because we in Las Vegas. It's hot as hell, and he was running around, so I give him water. Now he got to pee again. We go outside. He run around. Now he hungry because he running around, so I got to feed him. Now he just ate, so now he got to shit. So now I got to take him back outside. All the while, I'm trying to do homework. I'm in classes. I got lectures. This mofo sitting here whining, throwing his ball around while I'm trying to talk to my teacher. It's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm going to be honest. You know, moving forward, this podcast is going to be very frank. And it's going to sound, what I'm going to say is going to sound very fucked up. But I don't like the fact that my life is revolved around this dog. I feel like my life should not revolve around the dog. And right now, my life revolves around a freaking dog. Um, You know, I'm trying to sleep. He throwing his damn ball around at fucking 2 o'clock in the morning. Because his ass and got the little zoomies. You know, and and let me be clear. Ryder is a very good dog. Like, he was just, like, instinctively off-leash trained. Like, I hardly ever have him on leash. He does very good. You know, and he usually doesn't tear up my shit. But, like I said earlier, I have se- severe anxiety. Which is why, another reason why I got a dog, because of my anxiety, for him to be that emotional support animal. (sighs) Girl, how the fuck did the bitch with severe anxiety get a fucking dog with severe anxiety? This motherfucker's anxiety is damn near worse than mine. And I feel like I created this monster because his first writer never saw a shelter. He went, his, so his mother was in the shelter and then his foster moms fostered the mother and the mother delivered Ryder and his siblings in her home. And then I got Ryder from them. The only time Ryder has seen a shelter was when the day, you know, of the paperwork being done from his foster mom to give me full custody. It sounds so weird to say to talk about a dog like this, but to give me custody so I can adopt him. So he was there for that day for his surgery. Um, you know, and that was it. He's never seen a shelter. So he has only known, known homes and humans. And, you know, his first, pretty much all of his life, you know, me and him was laid up together in my apartment, running around. So he, he, I think, developed a severe attachment to me because I was all he knew. And, you know, the vet's stress about parvo like oh be careful around other dogs because you know you can get parvo so for those first couple months he wasn't allowed to hang out with other dogs it was just me and you know he's a very shy dog so even when we would go to the park i stopped because i have like that first time mom anxiety when you're like oh don't touch that don't do that and i really tried my best to get over it and be like raven he's a dog but you motherfuckers take your dogs to the dog park and don't watch your motherfucking dogs and your dogs don't have no home training. Yes, I said it. Y'all dogs don't have no home training. So we go. First of all, y'all bring y'all dogs to the park when they sick. It was just one old ass raggedy, wobbly ass dog. Nose dripping all down his nostrils, breathing like, 
And I'm saying stuff dripping out his ears. Just the most infectious ass dog at the dog park. And my vet just told me, first of all, I'm not even supposed to have my dog at the dog park. And you got your raggedy sinus infected ass dog in here running around. I almost gagged a little. Trying to eat they shit. Lick. Oh, my God. Licking the snot out they nose and the other dogs running up. So that stuff just gets me anxious. I'm I literally was like a mom taking their kid to the park for the first time. They first born, they first child, because he's my first my first born, my first child. And so honestly, with my anxiety, after a while we stopped going to the park also because he got attacked by a smaller dog. And like I said, he's a very shy dog, so this little ass dog is attacking him and he's just sitting there and taking it. Yes, it was a, do- a small dog and Marty was bigger than the dog, but if you stand there while somebody beating your ass, even though you know you much stronger and much bigger, if you ain't doing shit, that shit gonna have an effect. So after that, I was traumatized, he was traumatized, so we stopped going to the dog park. So he also wasn't getting that dog interaction, so it literally was just me. So, again, I think I created this monster because his attachment to me is so severe. And so whenever I go anywhere, you know, I usually I don't like to lock him up in his crate when I leave because I don't know. Nobody likes to be locked up. You know what I'm saying? I just I try my best not to. So whenever I leave, I just put everything away. Right. This man still finds a way to tear my shit up. I put everything away. Mind you, I'm doing my best. I just moved into this apartment, so there's boxes everywhere. So I'm just making sure all the boxes on top of the containers, any box that's open, I'm putting shit on top of it that he can't eat. Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. I'm putting shit on top of it that he can't eat so he can't get this box open. Why did this motherfucker take my Fenty robe? unworn with the tags to on it off the counter and tear it up and you know what else he does he goes in my hamper digs out my underwear because before he used to you know how you get in the shower you leave your clothes on the floor he would wait till i got in the shower and close the curtain you know at first i thought i was crazy because i'm like i could have sworn i left my clothes right here why are they now in the hallway and so one day I watched him. He would wait until I dropped my clothes. Once I got in the shower, closed the curtain. And would come up to my pile of clothes, dig out my underwear, drag them out, and chew them up. And for a while, I had no idea he was doing this. So I'm like, damn, I'm crazy. Why? How my clothes get in the hallway? I'm throwing them in the washer. I go to put them on. And I'm like, damn, why my underwear got holes in them? I could have sworn I just bought these, you raggedy bitch. You got on raggedy drawers. Uh-uh, your mama raised you better than that. You need to go buy you some draws. Whole time not knowing that this man is literally eating up my draws. So once I, you know, scorned him, what he then would do, because when I would get in the shower, I would just put my shit straight in the hamper. I'm not dropping it. I'm walking to the shower already naked, clothes already in the hamper, because I'm already knowing that he's going to try to eat my stuff. He would then go dig his little ass nose in my hamper, take out my underwear and then cover it back up i watched them when they do it i went and ran the shower water clear closed the curtain and hid behind the couch and i watched them i watched his ass do it because my holes still had my underwear still had holes in them even after i threw away all the underwear and replaced them 
Um, you know, so there's that. And then so the other day with the final straw was I went to go get my hair done. He was not alone in the house for more than maybe um, six hours. Which sounds like a long, a long time, but really it's not. Because we sit up in the house not doing nothing for about that time. I came back. This man had a my Uno cards, my Dose cards, my playing cards. And the, the kicker, the thing that really got me, is he ate my Kissland autographed album by the weekend. And it's just like, why? What was the reason for that? What was the reason? that? And, you know, it's not like I left that stuff out. It was up on the bookshelf. And, you know, when you think about, when I think about the shit that my dogs tore up when I was in high school, these motherfuckers stole out the trash. They looking for food, stuff off the counter. This dog right here, he tear up stupid shit. Who the fuck eats cards? A box of cards and for what? Who eats a roll? And for what? So, I'm going to be honest with y'all. That was the final straw. Um, I already was stressing out about having him because I'm getting ready to start clinical. So, I'm going to be home less. And the time that I am home, he feels like if I'm home, him and I need to be playing for every second of me being home. And I'm not mentally stable. Sometimes I have my moments where I need to be by myself. And I mean by myself. Not no dog staring up in my face trying to play with me, not texting nobody. I mean, fully alone. And I I don't have those moments anymore. It's like, it's, it's someone always staring at me, always looking at me. And don't get me wrong, I do love this dog. I adore him. He is, he is the most well-behaved dog. I mean, I know I'm making it seem like he's bad, but in comparison to a lot of other dogs, he really isn't. It's just when I leave, I think he gets so anxious. I think he has such severe separation anxiety because we're always together. So when we, when I leave, he just don't know what to do, especially since he has never been alone. He's never been in no shelter. So he doesn't have that knowledge of being alone. He's always been with somebody. So you know, I try not to fault him, but at the same time, I was already stressed out because it's so hard to study when you have a puppy. He's seven months now, running around your apartment, tearing your shit up, so it was already hard enough, and this was the final straw because my finances was already tight. This motherfucker tearing up my drawers. He done tore up one of my most prized possessions. This is it, so... I had already texted his foster mom because I I admitted I bit I bit off more than I could chew and I didn't realize the dog was so much work. And so he would be moving back with his foster mom. But it's good because I feel like a lot of the things that he does is because you know, he really has not had a dog to show him how to be a dog. He's only had a human show him how to be a human. And how the human, you know, expects him to be a dog and not really how a dog should be a dog. So his original foster mom, the woman who I met at Taco Tarion, she lives in New York. So I'm going to fly to New York with him and then leave him in New York and I would be flying back by myself. And I said all of this to say, dear diary, I should have never got a damn dog. I, I am a selfish person. I am barely capable of taking care of myself. I had no business trying to get a damn dog. 
I'm sorry, and I will never do it again. I will never get a pet again. Not no frog, not another damn snake, not no cat, not no dog, not no nothing. The only person I will be taking care of is Raven. That's it. I'm sorry. You don't never have to worry about me trying to go get no pet again. I'm never doing it again. I work too hard to be coming home and having some little furry nigga who don't pay rent tear up my shit. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Sorry. I can't. And so that is the basis of this episode, explaining why I had no business getting a dog and why never again will I get a dog. And that's really at the basis of why I don't want kids. And, you know, at the beginning of all this, I felt bad because, you know, I really I promised his foster mom when when I got him, I was like, you know, I'll be his forever home. I'll be his last mom. That shit was a motherfucking lie because I'm not it. But, you know, at least he had a good first home because, you know, I was good to him. I wasn't the best to him, but I ain't never beat him. He wasn't abused. He ain't never want for nothing. He was bathed, clean, fed, played with. You know, he had a lot of freedoms. I let him sleep at the foot of the bed, you know. So he wasn't battered by any means, but... You know, it was a good start, and I will miss him. I'm not going to front like I'm not going to miss him. I think, you know, it, it'll it set in when I get back from New York. Um, and, you know, I think he ate up my album because, you know, at first after I texted her and told her I was struggling and I needed to give him back, you know, I was sad. It hadn't really set in, but I was thinking about, man, I'm going to be so sad when I drop him off. Then I came home and he had did that shit and I was like, oh, okay, so let me go ahead and book this flight. I'm ready for this man to go. You hear me? But, you know, and it's, and it's just, I feel like I need to bring more awareness to this because when I talk about the things Ryder does to people, when I talk about the things Ryder does, comma, to people, not the things that he does to people. Um, they, you know, they're like, man, I'm so happy you, you said this, you know, because I was thinking about getting a dog and now I'm not like, I never knew this because I feel like I got bamboozled as well because the people who have dogs, they don't talk about this stuff. But once you start talking about it, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's how puppies are. Da, 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 da. Bitch, if you would have told me that, I would never got his ass. Because what I'm not about to do is how somebody who tears up my shit and they don't pay rent. They ain't put in on this shit, but they gonna tear it up. Pissing shit all on it. Girl, please. Girl, bye. So he will be going to live with someone else. Someone who can take better care of him. Because, you know, on my off days, I don't want to go to the park. My off days, especially with my anxiety and my seasonal depression, I want to lay up in the house and sleep for 48 hours. And you can't do that when you have a dog. You know, my life revolves around this dog. I wake up, and the first thing I got to do is get up and walk the dog. Thing I got to do before I go to bed, walk the dog. Take him out, got to pick up his shit. Can't be gone for long. Got it. You know, it's just a lot. It's a lot. And I wasn't... I don't want to say I wasn't ready for the responsibility, because I thought it was, but I didn't understand the full dynamics of the responsibility so looking back, I was not ready for the responsibility because, you know, my friend, uh, Gabriella, 
hopefully I can have her on the podcast soon. She used to always joke and say, I don't mean to put her on blast. I hope I can have her come talk about this on the episode. But she was saying, you know, having a kid is like having a dog and not, you know, in that way. Like, oh, I don't want this kid. It's a dog. But like, you know, it's like a dog. But the difference between a child and a dog is a child grows up and a child can talk. Dogs don't grow up. And them motherfuckers cannot talk. They don't contribute contribute nothing to the household except funk and stink. So, you know, it's just, it's just a lot. And um, I've gotten over the initial guilt. And now I'm just happy that he can go to her home where he can get what he needs. And somebody can play with him. And somebody cannot wake up in the morning and just be so mad that it's a dog staring at them. I do. I get mad. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, why is this dog staring at me? And, you know, it's like I have postpartum depression with a dog. And, you know, you know what mothers do to their children when they have postpartum. I ain't going to say it, but, you know, I'll be having them fits where I'll be looking him in his eyes. And I just, the thoughts I'll be thinking, they be nasty. I ain't even going to say them because I don't want y'all to think less of me. But, you know, when I come to, I'm like, yeah, I got to get you up out of here. For the sake of you and I, for they might pick my ass. I need you to get up out of here. Again, I ain't never abused this dog. But I'm not going to say that when I came home and saw my signed autograph Kissland cover chewed the fuck up that it didn't cross my mind. I'm not even I'm not even going to cap. I ain't even gonna cap. I'ma keep it real with you. Straight like that. I I did. So I'ma stop talking about this for y'all try to um call Animal Protective Services. I am getting rid of Ryder. I do love Ryder, but you know, I need I need to focus on me right now. I am a very selfish person and not in the way of like fuck everybody else, but at the end of the day, I need to make sure I'm straight and me caring for a dog and myself and my current mental, physical, financial state, educational state is it's just it's not feasible. So I guess with all of that being said, at the end of the day, the message I want to send, you know, first of all, it's about dogs. Know the fool responsibilities of owning a dog but it goes deeper than that because I really was beating myself up about even thinking about getting rid of Ryder but you know once I got to the core of it at the end of the day you need to do what's best for you and don't stay in a situation because I cared about what people would think of me I was like people gonna think I abandoned this dog they don't think I'm a shitty person you know, and who gives a fuck? At the end of the day, you're the person who has to live your life, so who cares what other people think? Do what's best for you as as long as you're not being malicious to others. You should look out for you, but you also should not be raggedy and trifling to others. So, you know, I hope y'all don't think <laughs> less of me after today's episode, but I had to get that off my chest and... You know, I don't know how much longer I will have Ryder. We will be going to New York as soon as I scrape up the funds for that flight because, you know, I've never been to New York before. So I'm going to take advantage and maybe stay for a day or two. 
try out the food, you know, because I love to go to to the city and eat up all they vegan eats. But, um, yeah, that's it. I hope y'all have a wonderful Friday. I hope that I was able to share some sort of message, and I hope that y'all don't think less of me. You know, please sound off. Let me know. DM me on Diary of a Girl Like Me. Give me your feedback. Um, also, I want to talk about, I still would like to do the anonymous diary submissions at the end of every episode, Dear Diary. So if you have something, some tea you want to give that you want me to talk about, or, you know, some advice that you want to keep anonymous, at the end of every episode, I want to have a Dear Diary segment, but y'all ain't send me no submissions. So go ahead. I know somebody got some tea. Go ahead DM me so I can have you on the Dear Diary segment. If I don't get no submissions next episode, I real I will reach out to someone who I think I have me a good juicy story and um we'll have them for the Dear Diary. So, thank you so much for listening. I just want to say we are at 89 followers on Instagram as of the time this episode is being recorded. I don't want to put a timestamp on it, but I feel like that's insane. Um after three weeks, 89 followers. I don't know. I just feel like that's a lot. Um, especially considering the platform of the host is not huge. So I I want to thank y'all for your continued love and support. Every Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, you get to hear my voice. Download, stream, share, like, comment, repost, help me get them numbers, and run it the fuck up. As always, I'm your host, Raven. This is my podcast, Diary of a Girl Like Me. I hope you loved it, and I hope you have a wonderful day. I will see you guys (laughs) next week, and, you know, we'll see what drama I have for y'all then. Stay tuned.